We are a resource for learners, including every member of the Livestrong Cancer Institute's on-track educational pipeline from middle school to residency. We are a growing collection of interviews, talks, and experiences that uncover the myths and the uncertainties of cancer and careers in cancer in order to empower and inspire generations of thinkers and leaders. This is Cancer Uncovered, an education and empowerment podcast by the Livestrong Cancer Institutes. Ginger Okoro with the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, an emerging cancer center at the University of Texas at Austin's Dell Medical School. In this episode, I'm joined by two dynamic leaders whose collaboration across a few decades philosophically aligns with the methodology of servant leadership. Let's listen in while they discuss their respective backgrounds and how servant leadership has shaped their leadership style. Thank you. Good day. My name is Dr. Luis Bonjuan. I'm an associate professor in the College of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University. I am currently a faculty member engaged in work on diversity, equity, and inclusion for marginalized groups. Hello, everybody. My name is Victor Sines. I am a professor in the College of Education at the University of Texas at Austin, where I'm also a chair of the Department of Educational Leadership and Policy. I've been at UT 15 years now as a faculty member, and 12 years ago, I had the the great privilege to co-found Project Mails with my my dear friend and colleague and my hermano, uh, Dr. Luis Ponoan. We co-founded Project Mails, Mentoring to Achieve Latino Educational Success, and that work continues to this day. Luis and I have been collaborating for almost two decades, right, Luis? It's not even an exaggeration. We were actually wow. both doctoral students when we met each other, and you know, through a national network of uh, scholars, you know, Latinx scholars. And he was at University of Michigan. I was at UCLA, and we found each other, kindred spirits in this work. We had very common interests, and and also a passion for serving our community and advancing the cause of our community and research work that actually can be transformational for our community, for students, particularly boys and young men of color. That's the research we do. Usually uh, when we get into these spaces, Ginger, I think one of the biggest challenges that we face is the fact that we get caught up in titles and we get caught up in positions and things of that nature. And when we start thinking about the true definition of what a servant leader, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a title or a position. I say that because what Victor mentioned a moment ago is the fact that we met at a very integral part of our careers, and we were kind of trying to find our space. And, and I would argue that we were servant leaders back then. And so I know that this podcast is uh, geared to a particular community of students who are trying to find their space and their place in the world. And I think more than ever, the recognition that servant leadership isn't bound to a title means that these students have an opportunity to not only serve the peers that they have, but serve the communities that they're a part of. Now, more than ever, the conversation around servant leadership really centers around this idea of that the person who has that responsibility has an opportunity to make a difference regardless of their title, regardless of their position, 
And even more importantly, regardless of how long they've been doing it, you become a servant leader when you are doing the work. Critical to anyone who's engaged in this work is the fact that you have to be committed to the work and then the title will come. I think people will notice and recognize that because a lot of times when I was younger, I thought there's no way that people can consider me a leader. I'm an immigrant and why would anybody want to listen to me? And it, it becomes very apparent to me that that's something that we have to embrace. Don't let the title start and then you become a servant leader. It happens way before that. Could I ask you to define what it means to be a servant leader? Who's your community? What does that mean to you? That's a great question, Ginger, servant leadership. It's something that, that, that I stumbled upon, recognizing the, the values of what it means to be a servant leader recognizing that that's the way that I was raised. So I, I grew up in in South Texas in the Rio Grande Valley along the border to a family of community-engaged, spiritually-engaged parents. And, and uh, my father continues to be a deacon in the Catholic Church over 35 years. Professionally was an educator. He just retired after 50 years. And my mom, former uh, farm worker, up until the day she married my dad, you know, these are humble, hardworking parents and couldn't ask for better upbringing, honestly, in instilling these values of service to others. And all those to me were ingredients that built up my value system as a young professional now well into my career. And just recognizing and owning my own privilege, but utilizing it for the benefit of others. And I think at its core, this idea of being a servant leader there is a, a strong moral component to me right? that there, there has to be this personal morality and integrity that we bring and authenticity that we bring to this work as a servant leader, that we have to focus on serving others and that we have concern for the success of all people that we're serving, all stakeholders. And then finally, I certainly learned from my parents and others in my, as part of my upbringing, it's just always to be self-reflective and recognizing the advantages that we may have had growing up relative to others and, and not feeling guilt about that, but just recognizing it, owning it. You know, everybody's got struggles and my father being the first in his family to ever go to college and you know, the entire family pitching in to send him off. He came to UT Austin in the early 60s and that was kind of unheard of for anybody from South Texas in those days. What kind of model, what kind of son would I be if I didn't honor that legacy through the work I do every day? And so that, that's part of my origin story as a servant leader. I felt like I was raised right in that way. And, and the best way I know how to honor that is to continue to, to carry it forward in the work I do now. And then the work that I have the privilege of doing with people like Luis and so many others. Luis, what about your origin story? I know that this goes to an audience of students who are trying to figure out um, what it means to be a student in the sciences. I came here as a young child uh, at the age of three. My parents uh, came to the country with the hopes and dreams of having a better life. So uh, I understand that a lot of students, when we think about what it means to be a servant leader, thinks, well, how could that be me? I'm an immigrant without papers, or I'm a immigrant hidden in the shadows. And so it reminds me that, like Victor mentioned a moment ago, with much given, much is expected, right? This idea that we have an incredible responsibility to the communities that we serve, because when you take a look at the percentages of people of color that are marginalized in faculty positions, in doctors, in nursing, 
it is abysmal, meaning that we have to remind ourselves that because of the positions that we have, because of the opportunities that were afforded to me, it's given me an, uh, a recognition that I have to give back to the communities because there aren't people that look like me. And so, Jerry, I spend a lot of time talking to a lot of folks about this. I don't just do research. I do me-search because there are a lot of students that look like me that don't know if they're even college material, don't even know that they can belong in the spaces that we have. So I see my, my role as a servant leader is to recognize that there are people that are looking at me, whether it's a student, administrator, whether it's a faculty member, that look at me and ask me, how did you do it and why did you do it? And I recognize that we have a, a greater calling. And, and I spend a lot of time uh, breaking down some concepts because I think it's important to bring it down to what I consider the bottom shelf. And I look at servant leadership as the noun. It's important to recognize that. But in addition to being a servant leader, then we have to think about how do you actually do that? The verb is this notion of impression management. How do you manage the impression you make on others as a servant leader? You can say you're a servant leader, but how do you act and how do you how do you portray yourself? And that really is a challenging conversation to have because a lot of times when we have these discussions about I'm a servant leader, well, then how do you know you're a servant leader? What do you do on your day-to-day basis? Finally, the part that Victor really kind of hit on the head, and I appreciate him saying that, we also have to have the compass. And that is the philosophy of what it means to be a servant leader. And I think this is important for students and leaders and medical professionals to hear this. It's easy to be a servant leader when everybody likes you. It's a whole different story when you're a servant leader and there's challenges against you and there are people who are detracting and people are saying, why do you care about representation in the medical field? And why do you care about creating a pathway to, to, to higher education? It's those moments of distress, those moments of what I consider difficulties that really requires you to have those um, do north compass moments because there's going to be times where being a servant leader isn't what I consider all glorious and fun. You know, and I'll build on that point, Luis, because you said earlier, it is about impression management to some degree, but it's not about feeding our own ego with respect to the impression we make on others. Because I think being a servant leader means that you are going to have challenges and pushback and haters, right, as the kids might say. And, and in fact, in the medical profession, think about what's been happening in the last two or three years now with COVID, that the folks that are at the front lines of this are medical professionals, first responders, anybody in the allied health field come to really appreciate the need for more medical professionals. Literally, our hospitals, our medical systems are completely overwhelmed. For those of you who are thinking about pursuing a career, I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but the reality is you have to have a servant's heart because you cannot wait for everyone to show gratitude and thanks. And that's not why you should do it, right? Again, a servant leader means not worrying about the likes. It means about saving lives. It means worrying about saving lives, doing the best you can, recognizing that you may never get thanks. I want to echo what Victor said, Ginger, and I, I often reflect on what it means to be a servant leader. And it, and, it, and it centers on what Victor just said, that and that key word is humility. There's a sense of humility that you are doing something larger than yourself. And ultimately, when you recognize that it's more than about you, and it's about the community that you're a part of, that really goes back to this idea of that, what legacy are you leaving behind? Are there misconceptions that you've learned throughout the years that you would want to tell the students and and learners that are listening to kind of demystify 
engagement around servant leadership? I think a lot of folks, when we get into the notion of servant leadership, and sometimes I am guilty of this as well, is that sometimes I feel like I'm in a sprint and I have to remember that I'm in a marathon, that this is not something that is going to happen instantaneously. I say that because we're in a society that values instant gratification. And I think when you're a servant leader and when you get in spaces where you are given the opportunities to do the things that you want to do, some people are not going to make it easy for you. And you're going to have to have some commitment to staying the course. And so we have to remind ourselves of the fact that in order for us to continue the course and continue the, the commitment, we have to stay the course. Luis, I know you had mentioned encouraging people to be cognizant and aware of their mental health and sort of the toll that servant leadership can take on someone. So can you just give me some words of encouragement and I guess some aspirations as to what this all means, why it's important? First of all, I would be remiss if I can't thank Victor enough uh, for the opportunity to be engaged in this conversation because I think it's really important that we understand that we can't do this alone. Remember that they're not alone and that there are people who you have to learn to trust. And I want to inspire and, and tell folks who are listening, particularly when we think about the spectrum of people in this conversation, we have to remember that this is not a journey that's for the singular, super lone wolf uh, leader. We are designed to be social human beings and that we need each other. I want to inspire folks to recognize, uh, identify the people that are part of your tribe that may or may not look like you, but that understand you and accept you and and encourage you and, and, and hold them close. Those are really powerful and profound words. And you're right. Vulnerability is key. Humility is key sharing vulnerability with anybody who might be listening. And I, yet another way that you lead it by example. My takeaway message, just to harken back to servant leadership, is that service has to be in your heart. And if it's not, doesn't mean you can't get there when we are faced with the, this tendency to want to be selfish about certain things in our life versus wanting to serve others. And that's a daily struggle, right? It's a work in progress. For me, it is. I know it is for Luis and for so many others in our sphere. To be a servant in your heart is a constantly evolving project. So please keep that in mind. And and however it is that you are able to renew that as part of your spirit, whether it's spiritually through whatever your faith tradition might be, through your friend network, through your tribe, as we said, find whatever that outlet is, because you're going to constantly need that renewal, fill that passion bucket up so that then you can pour that into others. Thank you for those lasting impressions and words of knowledge that you all have provided to us. I want to thank you for being part of this month's Cancer Uncovered Professional Development mini podcast. What resonated with you today from this episode? Keeping one another accountable while exhibiting a leadership practice formed on respect, serving others, and displaying humility and vulnerability perhaps a further discussion for another episode. Until then, did you enjoy this one? Please tell a friend and be sure to subscribe via your favorite podcast platform. For questions about this and other episodes or about the Livestrong Cancer Institutes, 
please email livestrongcancerinstitutes at delmed.utexas.edu. You can also follow our chair and director, Dr. Gail Eckhart, on Twitter at S as in Sue, Gail, G-A-I-L, Eckhart, E-C-K-H-A-R-D-T. This is Ginger Okoro asking you to consider your engagement with servant leadership. Who are your examples? Are you the servant leader or do you have someone to thank for being one? Speaking of thankfulness, thank you for being an ongoing support of Cancer Uncovered. <music>